Sorry, godless communist, I know. Everyone take a drink. You know, in my library, they had uh, every Dr. Seuss book. They crossed out Dr. Seuss and they put the the real name, and I'm totally blanking out on it. Theodore Geisel. Yeah, Geisel. And they had that on every book. Why? And uh, I asked my my librarian about that. She said, well, we put proper names on books here. We don't put pen names. And I'm like, I don't think that's true, but okay. Yeah, really. Yeah. That's were the, were the Mark Twain books under Samuel Clemens. Yeah, right. Because that was what I was going to bring up, but I figured it was pointless. Was yeah. Homer's The Iliad under any number of unknown bards? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't, was it? Well, Ooh. All right. What was the Bible under? What's God's yeah. true name? <laughs> Multiple author, authors fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 645. I am your subs to host, 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact checked Andy. And Vlarg. <gasps> Seriously? I stole oh. I stole your and right out from you under you. Steal it if you're not last, dude. <laughs> well, go ahead. Who are and you? <laughs> <laughs> Real and credit of this well, show. You know, you could you could do with if he stole your and you can do with because that's another higher pay level. That's right. You you can't use and because it's grammatically incorrect. <laughs> you get Oxford comma that shit. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's a good vampire weekend song. Oxford comma this shit? No, Oxford comma. They have a song oh. called Oxford comma. Okay. Yeah. Good band. Look them up. <laughs> wow. We are sans, sans Torgo this week. Uh, he is under the weather. He is starting to feel better, but still not up to doing a show. So we are all doing it digitally again, which allowed us to bring... Back check Andy back. So. Yay! You know what? That's Yay, a that's a good cool. trade. It's a good trade. Is it though? It is. <laughs> well, that leads me to think that it's time to ask what geeky things we did this week. And since we haven't heard from you in a while, Andy, what geeky things did you do this week? Oh, I got a list. No, I'll keep it. Down I'm sure you do. No, nah, nah, um, I want to know what I'm, you've done. Well, I'm caught up on Miss Marvel and Obi Wan. Okay. Uh, Miss Marvel and Obi Wan. Uh, loving Ms. Marvel. It has become, I have to watch it as soon as I can show. Oh, yeah. Um, whereas, what was the one? Uh, the uh, Falcon and the Winter Snowman. Um, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's been in my head, now, too. I, I enjoyed that one, but I didn't feel the need to watch it the minute it came out. I'm like the, the champion at my bit Wednesday morning uh, to watch it. I can't do that, you know, wait till midnight thing like you bastards do because it's, it's it drops at three o'clock out here on the East Coast. Yeah, it's a little late. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm loving those. Uh, my dad and I have just started. He I, 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 I put from Russia with love on sort of like just randomly. And he's decided that he wants to watch all of the James Bond. So I'll be hopefully you'll have me on again. I can report on all those. We're, we're up to Goldfinger now. Okay, I'm wah, wah, wah. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm embarrassed to say that I did not recognize Robert Shaw, young and blonde. Wow. Like, yeah. I was right near the end. He was getting killed. I'm like, wait, that's Robert Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't feel bad, Andy. Uh, that exact same thing happened to me the first time I saw it because mm-hmm. I saw Jaws before I saw that. And then uh-huh. I remember thinking to myself, like, he looks kind of familiar. And then I remember, you know, seeing the credits and I'm like, wait a minute, Robert Shaw, wasn't he also in Jaws? Mm-hmm. And it confused the hell out of me. Then again, I was I, like eight. So how, yeah, many, yeah. how many Bond films are there? 25. Oh, man, you got some time. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but they're going to reboot the Bond series. Yep. Well, they kind of did. I mean, the the uh, the Daniel Craig one, the, those the three movies, they sit there sort of as their own thing. They actually kind of tell a beginning, middle and end of a story. Yeah. Um, and I believe five Craig movies. To five. Okay, well, they're, they're yeah, good. Yeah, not three. However, uh, however, an M crosses over from the previous Bond to the correct right. Bond. Right. So it is a, it is a weird timeline, definitely. Um, I won't be inflicting the uh, the weird Casino Royale on him, uh, although I think I have access to that somewhere. So the one with uh, David Niven and, and uh, Woody Allen and all that stuff. How dare you say that name? It's so weird. But you're going to show um, him the Lazenby, right? Yeah, I'll show him the Lazenby. In fact, I'm not... 100% sure I've seen The Lazenby. Really? I know I've seen pieces of it, but I'm not sure I've seen the whole thing from beginning to end. So. You'll, you'll know it from the one line that sticks out at me in the very this beginning. Never happened to the this other never guy. happened to the other guy, yes. <laughs> yeah. Which which tells me that other bonds exist. So the name is recycled. Right. Yes. So for all Bond. I, I know. So for all we know, James Bond's real name could be Angus Finkelstein. <laughs> Oh, you don't, don't you don't bring a Finkelstein into Finkelstein, M5. Angus, Andy. Finkelstein. I can't wait to hear your your uh, point of view on the Telly Savalas Blofeld. That's all I'm uh, going to say. I, I've seen it. I mean, I've I've seen all of these before. I think with maybe a few a few misses, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the whole thing. Um, went back to the Wayback Machine and watched uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which is just one of those weird ones like, that looks fun, and that's never on anything I can stream, but I found it, um, and uh, it's it's fun. It's good popcorn. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the new, uh, those new move, movies. Yeah, well, I haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen the... Uh, the sequel? The, uh, the sequel. The sequel. So, uh, and I'll, I'll be looking for that, too. Um, oh, here's my Almost Andy story, because you guys have been having these weird almost Andy's story without me, so I figured I need to add one in. I almost watched the Batman. Um, How do you almost? Just the sound, the sound in this house. There's, there's, you know, there's an air conditioner, there's a fan, and I can hear the car traces, I can hear the music fine, but the audio is always seems a little quiet. And so I was trying to put the captions on, and I watched 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, nope, until I figure this out. So I did that this morning. I actually figured out how to put the captions on on uh, HBO Max, which is stupid, and it's not senior friendly at all. It's like, um, <laughs> what are senior friendly captions? Well, just the so, making because those turn yeah, captions on. Yeah, to get to those things. Yeah. yeah. Um, in order to put the put the cap, first of all, there is there are audio settings to allow you to turn the captions on, but for some reason, mine won't stay. And then I looked it up on because uh, we're going through a Roku. Uh, on Roku, you have to pause the movie, 
and put the captions on mid-movie. That's the only way to do it, and that's pr- you have to do it each movie. I can't stand the Roku interface anymore. I, yeah. I, I, it was when it first came out, it was revolutionary. It's now so far behind mm-hmm. every other platform. I, I, I find it unusable, and that's what my dad has when I go home to visit. It's like, uh, I'm just gonna plug uh, in my Chromecast for you, Dad. Yeah, dads. Yeah, and their tech. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's that's enough. Oh, I did actually today. Um, uh, today I went down to the Mystic Aquarium and I saw. Beluga whales. So, yeah, oh, nice. Not very geeky, but it's kind of cool. They could be geeky whales. You don't know. They could be geeky whales. That's true. I saw I saw um, uh, sea lions doing tricks and stuff, and and uh, I saw an electric eel. <laughs> saw an op- I saw an Shocking. octopus. Shocking. Thank you. Shut up. <laughs> what aquarium was this? This is a mystic aquarium down in Mystic, Connecticut. <clears throat> Where Mystic Pizza is. Uh, yes. And Mystic Seaport, which is actually kind of a cool um, seafaring museum with, like, old ships and stuff. Yar. They actually, yar. I was there a few years ago, and they had the rebuilt uh, Mayflower in dry dock there being worked on. So I got to see the, the Mayflower being, the fake Mayflower being rebuilt. But I, we didn't go there this time. Are, are they putting religious people on it and sending them away? Uh, bringing no, them here. They're bringing more from Plymouth, from Plymouth, uh, England to Plymouth, Mass. Oh boy, Plymouth, Mass. Yeah, Plymouth, Mass. Yeah, that's probably plenty enough for me. I could, I could keep talking all, all, all night on this, but you probably want to hear something from somebody else. Why, man? We miss you. I miss me too. Well, if you've got nothing else, Deb, what did you do this week? So, um, I've actually been doing some reading. Well, some of it's reading, some of it's listening. But I finally finished uh, the second book of the Rule of Wolves duology that's written by Lee Bardugo. So I've talked about, you know, this book series before, Shadow and Bone. So it started with Shadow and Bone. Um, So I just finished the last novel in the whole series that she has written thus far. And, oh, my God, it was so good. These are the ones that are these are the ones who are made into some uh, series recently. So the first set of three, which is a trilogy, The Shadow and Bone, um, it's a Netflix series. Okay. Um, and the she has two duologies that branch off of that original trilogy. And um, she intertwines a lot of the characters together throughout the various books. So technically, there's a total of seven novels so far in this world involving kind of the same set of main characters. Um, they are very enjoyable. Um, she has done an amazing job with writing, you know, each character has a unique personality. And I'm, I also really super enjoy uh, the woman who reads them for the audiobook. So these are ones that I have, all, the first trilogy I actually read because I read them during the frost apocalypse when we were living in Houston last year. I read all three in like three days. Um, but the other two sets, I have listened to the audiobook and the, the Crows duology, which is the middle duology, which kind of follows totally new characters from Shadow and Bone, which is I've talked about before. They, I'm guessing to shorten the storyline, they have introduced some of those characters actually into the Netflix series as part of the original trilogy books. And they're not, but in the Netflix show, they are. That book series on the audiobook is actually one where 
there was different actors doing the voices for every character. And I really enjoy those because it's just like listening to a movie or a play, um, you know, or like an old audio show um, mm-hmm. because you can definitely tell which characters are which. So I really enjoy those. Um, World War Z is like that too, but you know, yeah. from a different perspective, obviously. Well, that one's a different narrator each chapter, right? That's the way they do it. No, the narrator in World War Z is the author. Right, um, but, it, but the narrator starts telling the story, and then it goes into who he's talking to, who he's interviewing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the second duology, uh, the King of Crows, or the blank, you know what it's called right now, but yeah, there's a different voice for every character, and every the way she writes every chapter is a is a character. So it's, you know that it's from that character's point of view what's going on. So they're really good. The the end of Rule of Wolves, which is the second book in the King of Scars duology, is amazing. She did an amazing job. Cried a lot. So I very much recommend those. Wait a minute. And then wait a minute. Wait, King of yeah. Scars duology? I thought it was the Shadow so, and Bone trilogy. It's seven books. So she did Shadow and Bone trilogy. There's a second duology that is based in Kirch. And then the, there's a sorry, that's the first duology. And then there's a second duology after that, which was book six and seven which is the King of Scars duology. So she has done an interesting thing I've never really seen like writers do, which is it's kind of all the same timeline, the same characters, but she's written them in, in packages, if that makes sense. So she'll finish one main story, and then that was the end of Shadow and Bone. And then for the next series of books, the two duologies, um, which technically is timeline-wise right after that story ends, but it's new characters, so she's written it as its own duology. And then this last one has different characters you've already met, but different lead characters. So those are their own duology. Hey, Dad. So. Say duology yeah. one more time. Stop it. Anyway. So what does all have to do with the Horace Harris? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, okay. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> so I've also been super lucky that I have a, a sneak peek at book four of the Rebirth of the Fallen series by J.R. Conkle. And let me just tell you, so this book is set to be published later this year. I am very much enjoying book four. Where the story is going, where the characters are going, um, they are really finding their voices. And the story is just getting so intriguing, so interesting. So I cannot wait for you guys to really like experience and be able to read this book for yourselves as well. It is very enjoyable. And then we actually did, Barry and I, a couple of weeks ago, we haven't talked about it, got to watch Everything Everywhere all at once. Oh, I've been wanting to see that one. Nice. So I enjoyed it, um, but I can tell you that Barry didn't so much because it's not what he was expecting from this movie. I enjoyed it to a point, and then I realized it wasn't the story that I thought it was. I know not everybody has seen it, so I don't want to give too much away, but um, it is a very enjoyable story. And um, Jeff, what is the lady actress's name? I always blank on it. Michelle Yeoh? Michelle Yeoh. She does an amazing job in this film. Oh, spectacular. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. In fact, everybody in the film is fantastic. I didn't, re- at first, it took me a second to realize that was Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, it, oh, yeah. The, the way that she did her makeup and everything, it threw me for a minute. 
Well, and the, the girl who plays the daughter is actually in The Marvelous Miss Maisel. She's in this most, the last last season and this most recent season as the girlfriend to Miss um, Maisel's ex-husband. So, and she's really good in that show as well. Uh, hey, are you going to gloss over Short Round? Well, yes, and Short Round was in, and it's weird because he sounds the same, just slightly deeper voice. And older, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes, but he sounds very much the same, except he's got, you know, an adult voice now instead of a teenage voice. So if but you want some, you yeah. knew it was Short Round, and if you want some fun head cat in, just imagine that Short Round grew up and married Michelle Yeoh. And then this is part of the Indiana Jones story. It's great. He <laughs> bastard. What was it? The, the uh, Legend of Buster Scruggs. There's a great sequence with, uh, what is his name? The kid that played Harry Potter's cousin. Dursley. Harry, Dursley. The kid that plays Dursley. And I had to look up to, who is this actor? He's amazing. And it was Dursley. I'm like, holy fuck, this guy's yeah. astounding. He's done quite a few things since Harry That's Potter. I have trouble watching him because his eyes are too close together like a predator. <laughs> He's a weird-looking dude. It was great watching him in uh, The Queen's Gambit because you got him and his eyes are too close together. And then you got her. Her eyes are like way far apart like a bird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Harry Melling. Harry Melling. But yeah. So that's what I did. All righty. Uh, so, Kirsten, what did you do this week? Well, I'm watching uh, more strange new worlds, I'm taking it very slow, but I'm enjoying it <clears throat> regardless. Uh, I'm really actually digging the the return to the, you know, an episode every episode <laughs> type of format. <laughs> you know, the story is just the that episode. I'm actually liking that. Um and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm enjoying the hell out of that. So that's been that's been really cool. Um, I caught up on Knights of the Dinner Table. I've been like um, uh, four or five issues behind. It's the only comic I still get. Wait a minute, you're four or five issues behind the cur- a current run. How old is that comic? Issue number 294. They are six issues away from issue 300. Now, it is simpler because there's only three drawings. The full copy of the number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, but uh, yeah, when they hit 301, they will break uh, the Dave Sims uh, record for wow. longest creator on a, uh, on a given uh, title. Let's, um, let's be, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> you 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 hit a nerve with me there. Let's be clear about Dave Sim. Okay, uh, this uh, d- despite the fact that it's exactly like Andy said, a lot of it is just photocopied over and over and over. Whereas Dave Sim did not do that, but like the last quarter of what Dave Sim did was basically weird essays. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and he just completely lost the plot. Oh, he 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 totally lost it. He also yeah, there a lot of them, uh, a lot of those issues, damn near were like illustrated stories. It'd be like a yeah. panel then with a wall of text. Yeah, I think you can stop well. just before Melmoth, and you're fine with that run. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, also uh, Sim uh, had Gerhardt. I mean, doing the the backgrounds. So right. he did the characters. Gerhardt did the backgrounds. There, I, sorry, I realize there are people who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Cerberus yeah. the Aardvark. 
Cerberus. Cerberus. Cerberus, the aardvark. Which Cerberus. is funny it's funny you said it that Cerberus. way, uh, Barry, because yeah. that, that was an actual uh, typo. Right. It was, it was supposed to be Cerberus, and they did Cerebus, and then it kind of stuck. <laughs> well, so. there was a fanzine called – that was supposed to be called Cerberus, and they ended up calling it Cerebus, and yeah, there goes yeah. from there. But yeah, he did he, – he's, he he's a brilliant writer, but he just went off the rails into his own weird psycho-religious stuff. Um, I mean, it's his stuff, and – you know, it's his right to do that, but it does stop being entertaining <laughs> after a while. Yeah. But the, the first the first half easily of the book is some of the best, funnest writing out there. Oh, yeah. And and some good satire, too. Yeah. So and I mean, then, I think most of what I know about Moon about Moon Knight, I know when I've seen the series. But, <laughs> but, but before that, most of what I knew from Moon Knight was reading the Moon Moon Roach parody. Right. Cerberus the Aardvark makes a crossover in one of the early Spawn comics. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's weird. Uh, but I dug nine, it. Nine, I think. Yeah. Nine. Wow. Yeah. Very so, early. Yeah. And uh, the turtles too. There was a there was a crossover. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where. Oh, really? In the turtles? Yeah. <laughs> For people who don't know, and uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was not for children. No. The original ones. Nope. No, and they had some great writing in those, and they also had yep. Yasaki Ojimbo and all the other stuff that they did, and I was super yep. impressed by that. And then, of course, it came to the cartoons on TV, and I was like, what the shit is this? Not to mention the first ones were black and white. They didn't right. have any color. Yeah, Cowabunga, dude! In, in their defense, they, they one of them used that money they got from that to buy a giant mansion, and they turned it into a restaurant, and the other one bought uh, heavy metal. So, you know. They did stuff with it. Yeah. <laughs> Good on them. Yeah. Actually, find- actually, Kevin Eastman actually had the uh, right up here, about 20 miles north where I'm sitting right now in Northampton, Mass. They had the uh, the Words and Pictures Museum, which is a great comic museum that only lasted, oh, I don't know, five or six years. But it was beautiful when it was there. Does anybody know, have they reconciled yet or are they still estranged? Yeah, no, there was a special on um- – uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles talking about the phenomenon and they had it the special they had actually started talking and started talking about maybe collaborating again mm-hmm. so they actually went through the whole um, you know what happened that they kind of broke up and stuff like that and uh, you know same old story almost like everything it's just mm-hmm. like one was in the zone of uh, merch, merchandising, mm-hmm. and the other was sort of not, and that's uh, it, it just kind of you know, but so yeah, nights at the dinner table. Oh, yeah, that's where you were. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, but uh, it, it it's uh, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's just it's it's so much fun, and for such a a one note premise, they uh, those guys really do a fine job of of keeping up with continuing uh, fresh stories and 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 approaches and stuff. So I've really been enjoying that. You saw that picture I posted of Weird Pete, right, Kirsten? Yeah. 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 I was I was on, right? <laughs> that was that's always it's always weird when uh, when a weird Pete shows up. Yeah, yeah. In life. I mean, you're getting there. I'm so, getting there. You know, but uh, um, 
And I also worked on figuring out how to uh, buy stuff on Kindle now because of the whole new uh, fuck up because uh, it's a pain in the ass, actually. What, what, what happened? Um, because of Google Play services taking a bite out of transactions for every app on uh, that they provide on like the Android, uh, Amazon Kindle – the Android Kindle no longer offers a store um, add-on in uh, in the Kindle. So if you get an impulse to buy something, you actually have to go to Amazon.com. And you can't even use – I can't even use my Amazon Prime app because that's also a Google Play Thing, which is really weird because I can still buy stuff on my Amazon Prime app, but I can no longer do Kindle purchases. So hmm. I have to log off my Amazon Prime and then on, in my phone browser open up Amazon.com, fight with it because it wants to go to Prime. The, the, the way the, the Android works out, it actually forces you to go to your Prime app. So you have to fight it, opens up Amazon.com in the browser, and then I can buy Kindle stories. That's – And then – kind, Wow. Does Kindle and Roku have something going on together or – I have no clue. So – That's annoying. But uh, yeah, it was It was just – it was a um, – oh, I, I get it, Andy. You were making a funny. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's right. what I'm here. I'm here to bring uh, the funny. You have to bring me out. Wow. Okay. Well – Get some funny in here. I get you. Uh, we're waiting. But um, so anyway, yeah, that that was a pain in the ass. And uh, on the other hand, it'll probably save me money in in two ninety nine and four ninety nine purchases that I make spur of the moment on Kindle. So. So and that's that's basically about it. That's basically what I did this week, I'd say. I will, uh, I guess, go through my stuff. Finished Obi-Wan Kenobi. Really, really liked that series. Um I love how it went, and, I, and I'm going to avoid the spoilers for the the spoiler talk, which we will be doing soon uh, once everybody is caught up. Because Sorry, I'll get there. Uh, I have well, questions, but go on. It's not just you, Kirsten. Uh, but um, I really hold on, like – Hold on. Let me answer Andy's questions. Andy, it's Ben Kenobi and Obi-Wan are the same guy. Oh, okay. That, that clears up a lot. Sorry, spoilers, spoilers, everyone. Spoilers. Oh, shit. Oh, that was so confusing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's so funny how many uh, how many naysayers are are complaining, and the basic complaint is that the series didn't have enough action. And I'm like, it's a character development piece, and in fact, I really appreciated it for that because it really. I feel like it fleshed out even more so than the the prequel trilogy, the characters that we saw in the prequel trilogy, and then added in you know the young Leia and the young Anna or the young Luke. So I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. I well, it fits in between existing continuity, so they can't yeah. make it too splashy because we know sure. about it already. But it solves the problems. I mean, again, this is not spoiler talk. Uh, it solves the problems that the prequels created, where there wasn't much character development, and yes. George Lucas doesn't know what he's doing in that regard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice bridge 
between uh, the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. And so there was that's... plenty of action. Those people could suck yeah. it. Well, you know, if it doesn't match their head cannon, the man babies aren't going to appreciate it. Someone yeah, would... that's right. There it is. Oh, God, they're bad. Yeah. Fucking uh... Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy ruined everything. Why you didn't see you what Carrie you on East John Bean Hastings? God damn you. Yeah. Right. God damn you. <laughs> I will never forgive him for the death of the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that, of course, I've been watching Ms. Marvel, too. Uh, like Andy, I, I'm, I, I didn't get to watch it today. I got so far behind on stuff yesterday that I was planning on watching it before the show and I didn't make it in time, but well, I really love babies, you think the man babies are complaining about Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. Well, you make a superhero that's not white and then people lose their, their mind. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was to be expected, but you know, they can go fuck themselves. Yes, they can. Um, I'm that's enjoying it. I love the visual style. I love the, the, uh, the graphics added in, the comic booky nature of uh, the elements that are added in. Um, yes, wait the, the Scott Pilgrim sequel. The yeah, exactly. Like the 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 um, the idealized version of what they're going to do versus the reality is uh, is quite amusing as well. So, uh, and then uh, last thing I did, I did go see the new Baz Luhrmann uh, Elvis movie. Uh, and Barry, it's not a musical. Okay. It is a bio piece about a musician. So yes, there will be music, but there's not non sequitur singing and dancing that have no basis in, in anything other than the specific settings that they're in. So excellent. It's very flashy, quick cuts to begin with. So it was hard to track at first, but it settled down a little bit. Um, they do. I don't want to say gloss over, but they do touch on some of the more cautionary elements of Elvis's life and career, but they don't really delve deep into them. So, uh, and it does cover from everything from his son records recording up to his final Vegas shows. So what I really want to know is this beloved actor, Tom Hanks act well enough to make you hate him. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's, if you know anything about the Colonel Tom Parker, character and i say that because that's not even his real name uh, you do know that i mean it's the the only sad part is they only really touch on the fact that he you know did some very surreptitious uh bookkeeping uh they only touch on it in a uh a text at the very end of the movie saying that his scams were uncovered years later and that he settled with the uh the estate i wish they would have addressed more of that in the film but you know Two and a half hour. I think it was two and a half because I don't think it was a full three, but it was definitely at least two and a half hour long film. So uh, it's it's worth watching. It's entertaining. Um, I, you know, it's obviously it's a biopic. So some of the elements are a little more dramatized. Um, what is fascinating uh, for this group is at the very beginning of the film, it's supposed to be 1997 and they're swooping into the international hotel, which I'm like, it was the Hilton by that time. But what's fascinating is they have a version of the, the star Trek original cast movie enterprise 
on the sign out front announcing Star Trek The Experience opening soon. Ah, very cool. So it, it was funny because I'm like, well, that's right, because in 97 it would still be saying coming soon, but the sign was all wrong, and the fact that it was already the Hilton by that time I thought was amusing, but, you know. It was nice to see the little nod to the experience in there. I'll have you know I was almost named Elvis until my dad stepped in and said, yeah, that's not happening. Wow. Yeah. Barry's mom loves Elvis. Who loves Elvis? My mother. My mom did too. But does your mother – has your mother kissed Elvis a couple times? No. Wow. Not only that. She went to see him so many times in the International and in the Hilton. Uh, she has like – one of those scarves that he would give out to the women. Yeah. Yeah. That has his sweat stains still on them. Wow. You yeah, know what? Don't that, wash that. You know what I could do with that? Why does that not surprise me? Well, I could clone I Elvis. I, my daughter's boyfriend when she was a little girl, you know, the, the, the friend who we most frequently took her over to play with across town, her mother, uh, her grandmother used to go see the shows and the family was friends with him, so much so that the colonel bought them a dog because he'd accidentally killed their previous dog by feeding the <gasps> chicken bone. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so weird. It's such a colonel story. It's such a dick. <laughs> wow. That is an Andy story. <laughs> I only wow. have – I mean, I, I've – Wow, I'm over here cloning Elvis, and Andy trumps me with that one. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> My only Elvis stories are secondhand, but um, when I worked at the Experience, uh, when I would get off work, uh, Darren, you know, of course, most famous oh. bartender. Oh, yeah. Uh, he and I would go upstairs and uh, sit at the Space Quest bar after Quark's closed. And Ralph and Terry were two bartenders that had both been there since the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, Terry had been there since it opened, since the the international opened, and he was he would tell stories about working in the showroom and mm -hmm. you know talking with Elvis before the show or the occasional like he, somebody you were on staff and you'd get called up to the suite, and Elvis didn't really drink, but he would call for a bartender and it was just because he was lonely. So if you got called up to the suite, you were basically there to keep him company and just somebody for him to talk to. So he has stories about chatting with Elvis for hours, um, just about life in general and not actually doing any bartending, but basically getting paid to be up there. So wow. I always thought those stories were kind of fun. That's cool. Did you ever see him shoot the TV? I didn't ask him. And sadly, Terry's now passed away, so I can't really ask him any more stories. But uh, I don't know if Elvis ever shot the TV in the in International. No, yeah, into the ceiling. I was sitting next to uh, Sonny, his one of the Memphis Mafia. Uh -huh. Yeah, and he was telling me stories about Elvis shooting the shooting through the roof of that International from his, his <laughs> living room. I, I want to know how you got to talk to Sonny from the Memphis Mafia, Andy. Oh yeah, reporter shit. I was uh, I was um, I think I was covering uh, a special show of Big Elvis's, like like Big Elvis's 500 the show or something. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Those are not in Vegas. Uh, I don't know what he's weighing now, but he's a Elvis impersonator. Sings beautifully, and he's weighed as much as 900 pounds. Oh, um, 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's down to now. I know he's just trying to lose weight so he wouldn't die. I've been out of town for a while. But anyways, it was Sonny was sitting out. I ended up sitting next to Sonny watching Big Elvis perform. And Sonny was very impressed with Big Elvis's voice. He said the voice is perfect, you know. The moves aren't so good, he said. Minor pounds. Um, yeah. <laughs> in a wheelchair. Yeah, but you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, that's what he told me. <laughs> You have such interesting stories like that. Oh, I just happened to be sitting next to a guy from that's famous, and yeah, we talked well, a little bit. It's yep. so, it's yeah, such yeah. an Andy story. Right. I was in I was in an elevator with Todd Bridges. You know that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. And like the closest I ever got was I was in an elevator with Cindy Lauper, and she's like, "It is so hot here." And before she got out on her floor. Oh well, she talked like at least. Vegas. I, yeah. Todd Bridges just tended to talk on the cell phone. She didn't have to talk to me. That's understandable. Love you, see yeah, me? Have no, you seen I, I you? I totally get that. No, look I totally get that. If I, was, if I was famous, I would always be doing that on a phone. <laughs> My stories only involve when I worked at Disney. And so, like, interacting with them as a cast member. Mm, right. You had so, to keep it on the professional level. Exactly. Yeah, my stories mainly involve Star Trek, the experience, everyone drink, and people that my mom and dad knew. So... Well, that's all I got. So let's turn it over to you, Barry. I think you're the last one. What did you do this week? Oh boy, uh, what did I do? Hang um, on a second. What do you got? Pause there. I got a I got a technical problem. I'll be back in a second. Keep going. I'll I'll fix it while we're talking. Oh, okay. You guys go on. We'll, we'll wait for you, Andy. Andy's got a technical problem. Normally, you know, Andy's got like he he caught his wiener in his pants or something. I read things today. Well, I can read. I know I can read. It's got pictures and everything. Uh, no. Um, Did you know this, Deb? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, to hell with both of you. Um, Maple Leaf Matt, everyone drink, uh, got me a book. Him and uh, Paulette got me, probably Paulette, really. Uh, an amazing book. Uh, Smuggler's Cove, Exotic Cocktails, Rum, and the Cult of Tiki by Martin Kate. Uh, this is... Now, I look at, like, different – because we've gotten – Deb's gotten me into Tiki, and, and, of course, you know, when you get me into something, I'm going to go whole hog. Um, when you like it. Yeah. All when you like deep. It. Yeah, pretty much. When I like it. Um, and this is supposed to be one of the best Tiki books out there, that Minimalist Tiki and a few others. But it really is. It goes from – first off, it's like a doorstop. It's like an inch and a half thick of book. And a lot of it is – it's not just images. It's a lot of it is text. And most of the text is about uh, the, the history of Tiki from the very beginnings and uh, the Tiki bars themselves and the experience in them and how you can make a better bar and how you can make a better drink. And all the – it teaches you about the rums and where they came from and why rum agricole, R-H-U-M, is different than you know R-U-M and, and what you should be including in the drinks and why. Why they do the things they do. It's not just a recipe book. It's it's really helping my tiki game, which I need to improve because we're going to be building a tiki bar. Uh, so I'm super excited about that book. And uh, Jeff, I just made you a drink yesterday. We were drinking three dots and dash, and they were pretty good. They were very good. Yes, absolutely. You were you were off fixing something before Barry when I was talking about the drink I had tonight, which was. Uh, some sort of uh, oh, what the hell is one with the, with the multiple rums? It was a frozen version of a classic tiki drink. Uh, and it was Jungle Bird, a zombie, a daiquiri, uh, what? Mai no. Tai. No, no. 
frozen drink. Oh, there's so Damn many. It. There's so many classics, man. Yeah, but it was like it was like three different rums mixed with other stuff, and it was oh, yummy. All right. Mm. Well, I got to tell you, I'm not going to have a frozen thing in my uh, in my bar. And you know what? I want to go ahead and say tiki is geeky. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's retro. It's retro. Retro T-shirt. geeky. And we know the the name of the bar. Uh, Kirsten named it. Kirsten, you had a good idea. Everyone, dr- everyone, finish your drink. Kirsten had a good idea. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the geeky tiki. Uh, oh, yeah. Barry's slops and seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the that's that's not the main geeky thing I did this week. The big geeky thing I did was I went to Meepleville for their board game auction. Uh, not auction, oh. a flea market. How was that, dude? Okay, so I roll up and there's only like a few people outside. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm gonna get all the good stuff. And you know what? I did. Uh, I. Walked in there, like, hey, how you doing? Tim, I said hi to the guy, whatever, and then I just got right into the to the auction. And there were maybe Yeah, the flea market. Sorry, sorry. There were maybe like fifteen tables there, I think, you know, with people selling their board games, but they all had a lot of board games. And some of the people were like these are these are Beepleville customers selling their stuff. Yes. Okay. These guys have a lot of stuff to sell. Uh, each table had at a minimum like 20, 30 games of various sizes, like the big board games versus to the to all the way to like the little dice things. And a couple of them had little knickknacks and fun little toys and tchotchkes. But a lot Did of they them, have any patty wax? No. So I cannot give your dog a bone. Um, they they had. Uh... <laughs> I believe Kirsten feels personally attacked there. <laughs> I had a hell of Kirsten. Um as he sits there, as he sits there silent, physical brow. He's like, I don't understand what's going on right now, but okay. Yeah, he's making all kinds of faces. You can't see it. It's, you have a face for radio, buddy. Let me tell you. Um, just like when you go to garage sales, all the good stuff's gone like right away. You know that, like in the first hour. And so I made sure and not fuck around and get in conversations. Just get to the good stuff right away. And I did. I got some amazing deals. I didn't pay over half of what people were asking sticker price for for anything. I went full Ferengi. And man, it's good to exercise those muscles every so often. Yeah, especially when I'm not around. Because when you do that and I'm around, I I hate it. $20? Oh, man, I got five kids to feed. I got four here. You know, shit like that. Which rule of acquisition is that? Uh, I don't know. It's one of the ones that's unpublished. Never pay. Probably like the always be a dick. It gets you what you want. (laughs) (laughs) It's a flea market. It's not being a dick. And let me tell you, I found the one guy. Oh, I said, can you work with me on this? He's like, I just want to get this shit out out of my closet. I'm like, Okay, that tells me you're willing to take anything. So, I uh, like this one thing he said. I, he said twenty dollars a sticker price. I'm like, I don't know. It's not really worth anything to me. I'd take it if he gave it to me for five. He's like, fine, take it. I wanted to get rid of it. That opened uh, the door damn. to all the other stuff that he had, and I got oh, some man. amazing deals on some stuff that he did on Kickstarter that he just didn't have room for anymore. Like, I got the super deluxe version of this game. Uh, what is it? Altar of 
what I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. And it's got all these boxes. And it, he was asking like a hundred bucks for it. I, I swear, I think I got it for like 40 bucks. And I didn't spend over 200 bucks on any of these games. And I brought home, you saw the stack. I posted it on Discord. And if you don't have access to our Discord, donate to Geek Shock. You can see the picture of it. Um, like a pile, like 20 high of, of good board games. Uh, okay, not all of them are good. Uh, some of them were just like, all right, here, just take this too. And I took it because it's a free board game. Um, so, so really quick, you just said you didn't pay more than $200 for any of them. So how much money did you spend? I didn't spend oh, – sorry. I didn't spend more than 200 for any of them total. 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 Okay. You oh, saw for the whole day. For the whole <laughs> – for the whole day, I just I went back and forth to my car four times. Did just, you pick up East Windsor Opoly? Uh, no. Uh, any no. of those okay, Opoly so games? Get, so I can get that one, friend. You wouldn't have that. That's yeah. Good. There was one guy who that wasn't. Up for you. There was yeah. No, thank you. Any of those <laughs> Opoly games get lost. But uh, there was one guy who wasn't really selling stuff too cheaply. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what are you doing at a flea market? This is your get stuff out of your closet so you can make room for more stuff. He, I think he was trying to sell stuff at a profit. And I'm like, you're in the wrong spot, buddy. So yeah. he wouldn't haggle. I'm like, that's ah, not worth anything to me. And honestly, that's the best way to approach anything that where you can haggle. If you don't need it, you don't absolutely want it, just offer a, like, a, like a stupid low price. If they take it, great. If not, walk away. You don't need it. Just so everyone's clear, Barry uses this this rule of his everywhere we go, even places where you can't negotiate on prices. He tries anyway. You can always negotiate. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. <laughs> That's why they all hate him at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. You can negotiate at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you don't really care, if you're not really that hungry, eh, give me 50, 50 cents for those Egg McMuffins. You can throw them out anyway. Come on. So, so just to put this into perspective for people, I have had a car salesman thank me for leaving him at home. That guy was the day before I brought him and Barry was such an asshole that the car salesman was pissed off. Okay. Uh, First off, that's saying something. Fuck that guy. He was wearing a cowboy <laughs> hat. Already, I didn't like him. Okay, because you know that old joke. What's the difference between cowboy hats and tampons? Cowboy hats are for assholes. Um, hey yo, hey yo, just lost ever. I just lost Texas, everybody. Um, <laughs> and, and other large parts of the South, but they didn't like you anyways. Yeah, that's true. Um, that guy was a jerk. I didn't like him. And he wasn't going to give you all your free oil changes until I pitched a fit. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. Keep telling yourself that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a car dealer. I, I I don't like. Him. Yes, and the fact that a car salesman didn't like having you there says plenty about how you are with asking for deals on things. You know why? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with Barry on this one. It sounds like he won. He beat the beat the guy his own game. Yeah. And it's rare that I'm with Barry on something, but I'm kind of with him on that one. Hey, I took those people for a fucking ride. I will go back to that to that Meepleville board game thing anytime. That was a great. I had I spent some money. I had I I, I made some great deals. The guy made money off me because I bought a beer. So it's all good. So Meepleville, 
a great place to shop for board games anyway and play them. And uh, twice a year, I think they do that uh, that that thing, and you just got to look for the good deals and ignore the crappy ones. So yeah, now the now the apocalypse is over. Try and find the the Meeple, Meepleville analog in your town because it is a great way to try out games you might not want to buy. Yeah. While I was doing that, I was thinking, uh, do we? Is there a, a site online where you can look and say, "Hey, is there a board game cafe near me?" I don't. I, th- I, don't, I don't, don't think so. Um, it's called Google. <sighs> yes, I know Google, but I'm just saying, is there a, like a master list of board game cafes and like reviews? What you're, what you're looking it's for Yelp is and the internet. Oh no, Yelp is straight garbage. Yeah. What what he's looking for is something like Click and Clack have had have I don't know if they still do it the Tappert Brothers where, where, yes where they had the the trusted mechanics thing so it was like the uh, the people would post about their favorite mechanics in their town okay but that's different because car mechanics you have to be careful that they don't you know charge you an arm and a leg for things that really don't cost that much money. That's a totally different thing than trying to find a board game cafe in your area. Well, well but you can find a board game cafe that has eight games. I mean, you, you need to, yeah. And serves Bud Light. You, you need right, a bar- I would say that board game cafes are still um, rare enough that even if that's all you had in your area, it's still better than not having one at all. Uh, yeah, she's kind of right on that one. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of you creating verified geeks. But then you sh- you could do it for everything, not just board game cafes. And then you know, you, it's like who who do you trust? I don't want to trust random reviewers because reviews are all garbage. I mean, look at Amazon. I would like to see a curated. Okay, there it is. I think I just talked myself into more work. Yay! A curated board game cafe list reviewed by Geek Shock, the authority on geek bullshit. Speaking of reviews, Barry. Yeah, speaking of reviews, how about I review one of these new board games that I just got? I got so many new board games that I'm actually going to create a segment for a while, so we're going to need a theme song. <clears throat> and I've decided that I'm just, you know, I don't want to spend money on a theme song, so I'm going to sing one for you. Oh, boy. Oh, God. La, 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 Board games! Wow. That was it. All right. That's what you get. I didn't know Animal was doing cameos. That's great. <laughs> That's what you get for free. Merchants of the Dark Road. Merchants of the Dark Road came out. I think it was finally launched around January 2021, at least according to the Kickstarter. Uh, the it, it was one of those Kickstarter games, which a lot of board games are now. Um, they had 6,500 backers, and they that pledged. $446,000 of their $35,000 goal. Uh, they did very, very well. They hit all of their stretch goals, and I can tell they did because the, the copy I got, first off, is like numbered, and it has the names of everyone that pledged in the box and had, uh, it had all the pieces, which, you know, that's something to be said for a flea market game. And the pieces themselves were gorgeous. Deb and I played this. We were going to try to test it out. And 
the pieces are amazing. Like instead of instead of little cutout meeples for uh, uh, for the for the wagon pieces, they're all painted. And oh. instead of little cardboard things for the lantern pieces, they're resin lanterns. And there's resin crystal pieces. Ah. And the coins are all metal. You know, like they're this really cool. one and five and ten pieces. They're all metal pieces. I wish American money looked like that. It, well- they were metal pieces and painted metal pieces. Like they look really nice. Super nice. They were. There's like four sets of of of, uh, sorry, of nine action dice. Bunch of tons of different cards, all wonderfully illustrated. Uh, the goods tiles have they're like lenticular on one side, so they're like shiny. There's even like this magnetic wheel that sticks to the board. It's really just a gorgeous, gorgeous game. I I, alone, it gets 10 out of 10 for just how beautiful this game is and custom component box inserts. So when you're putting the shit back, everything has a place. And you there was even a a diagram actually that demonstrated how everything goes back in the box. So it was really cool. Now, now, Barry, did that come with the game through the Kickstarter, or was that something that the uh, former owner provided when he sold it to you? All through the Kickstarter. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Very I impressive. And you weaseled it out of some poor bastard for like five ninety five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you always go full Ferengi. You never go full Andy. <laughs> anyway, uh... Gameplay wise, it's really interesting. The main, uh, the main thing with I think Deb disreg- uh, disagrees with me on this is uh, at the end of the game, your victory points is the lower of how many like uh, like well like victory points you achieve or triumph points or whatever the fuck it's called or prestige points and how much money you have. So you can get like million zillion dollars in money, but have low prestige points and your victory points at the end are the lower of the two. So you've got to do a balancing act the entire game, which is really, I think it's neat. I don't know. Deb Deb didn't like it. Your first, yeah, your first round of play, it's hard because it's that mechanism of Lords of Waterdeep, right? Where you're just trying to get victory points. In this game, like Barry said, they're called prestige points. And so it's kind of, and because it, it plays kind of similarly, there is totally different mechanisms to how the game works. It's a lot more simplified in a lot of ways than Lords of Waterdeep. But I think that's, that's how they've tried to make the game slightly more complex because you have to, the whole, and there's find out not, finite number of rounds there's only 13 rounds and they actually with a two-player game went really quickly yeah and so trying to stay on top of you know that mechanism of getting the prestige points but also getting money yeah because whichever one is less is the points you're stuck with to get your score you don't get to add them together so you're trying like the whole time you're like wait how much money do i have and you have to use money to get prestige points in a lot of the aspects of this game so you are balancing those two the entire time yeah um and so it, it really is complex in that manner it's like you're a merchant and you go around and you buy goods and the price of good va- price of goods varies and then you can use those goods to get companions and the companion and you got to drop them off at different cities and you get points for that but you want to keep money and and then there's the things you can that, that modify your score at the end. It's a whole deal. What's really interesting is 
Um, you know how in the game video game Diablo, you, you, you try to cram all this stuff into your into your inventory, and you've only got so much space, and you got to kind of Tetris the shit in there. That's exactly what you have to do with this. You have a wagon, and it's like four by five squares, or four by six squares, I think it is, or five, but whatever. Um, you have to put these oddly shaped pieces of cargo. Some are squares, some are rectangles. Uh, into this thing and you can't fit any more than you can physically fit in there. It's really kind of a neat thing I've yeah. never seen before done in a game. That mechanism of the game was really fun, actually. Yeah. It's one to four players. Uh, gameplay lasts about an hour to two. And uh, it's, uh, I I like the game. I want to give it another shot with more people. So, Agreed. So merch, Merchants of the Dark me. Road. And if you can get the Kickstarter version, it's a gorgeous game. So yeah, it's only it's only five ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> only five only five ninety five, yeah. Uh, I think the Kickstarter started at seventy four dollars. And I think the the uh, the big one, the all in version with the Lumi metal coins and the coin pouches and the card sleeves and the deluxe version was one hundred and twenty five. And I swear I did not pay more than 50 for this thing. Totally worth right. it. So there's that. And not to monopolize the time here, but I just realized something. Um, it's been a while since we did a giveaway. Ooh. Oh, my God. Ermagerd. Yeah. Ermagerd. Yeah. It's is, this a, is this a figure or something or is this like somebody's shirt? Well, we're not going to tell anyone what it is. That's the oh, fun. The double secret giveaway. Super secret I giveaway. I wonder why you asked me to send me underwear. All right. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, that's another giveaway that we just want to give away. <laughs> the garbage is winning that one. But anyone who's tier two and above, anyone who's foot long, chili dog and above is qualified to enter this giveaway. What happened to the names? What do you mean? Didn't we change the them all like healthy stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we did. We, we kind of – we said we were going to change them to healthy stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> Barry forgot. Barry forgot. All talk, no follow through. <laughs> we weren't t- – all right. So I've got the names here. The first, the uh, the tier one was the unseasoned celery. Tier two was quinoa salad. Tier three was egg white and spinach omelet. Tier four was steamed cod and brown rice. And tier five was impossible meat and whole wheat tortilla taco. So if you're quinoa salad and above, and Jeff's fucking dying, I'm looking at him. Uh, uh, <laughs> the impossible meat taco got me. Everything else was kind of until that. <laughs> And keep in mind why we're doing this because you motherfuckers need to eat healthy. You're eating like you're eating the you're doing the bad thing that geeks do and you know scarfing down pizza and code red Mountain Dew and stop it. Have some I got celery. some impossible meat for your taco. Look, look at Kirsten's fucking face. Oh. So I hear. <laughs> it was funny. I just mentioned I just mentioned pizza and code red and Kirsten's face has got like yes. <laughs> We're more than halfway to Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. wants a pizza for Christmas. So mm-hmm. we need some theme music while I randomize a number here. Randomize yet? I'm randomized. <laughs> I was just surprised. <laughs> Bum, 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 bum,
pam 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 Wow, that's a lot of random. I was expecting Jeff's <laughs> porn music, but I kind of like that now. That's this is even better. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. I kind of I want I want that as my as my ringtone. <laughs> okay, well, this is actually very funny. Uh, I drew a name, and it just so happens that that name is one that upgraded her membership because she heard we were doing this. <laughs> That's great. Aaron Esquire, you are the winner of a prize yet to be determined. <laughs> oh, my God. A super secret prize. An ultra hyper prize. mega prize. That you are required to post when it arrives at your home. Yes. yes. I want to see that on Facebook. I want to see that on the Discord. And, you know, you could win a prize, people. It, there are not that many names, tier two and above. It is very easy for you to win a prize here. So uh, up your game. All right. Which uh, All right. I believe that leads us to uh, Deb. In New You Give a Shit About. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Diaz comes out of retirement Wait. to star alongside Jamie Foxx in an upcoming Netflix action comedy, Back in Action. Ho- hold on, hold on. Stop, filming stop, later stop, this stop, year. stop, stop, stop. Cameron Diaz was retired? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when the hell did that happen? Uh-huh, and welcome to how I was going to end this little story. But- <laughs> <laughs> Go on. But yeah, this is exactly why I put this in news you don't give a shit about. Since when was she even retired? Yeah. So the project reunites Diaz and Fox, who worked together in 1999's sports drama Any Given Sunday, and 2014's Annie, which was Diaz's final film role before technically retiring. Um, Diaz was at a loss as how to relay to the world that she was coming out of retirement. So Jamie, with the help of Tom Brady released the news on Twitter via a recorded telephone call between the three of them. Diaz confirmed the news on her Instagram story, writing, Jamie Foxx, only you could get me back in action. I can't freaking wait. It's going to be a blast. Seth Gordon from Horrible Bosses is directing the movie from a script he wrote with Brendan O'Brien from Neighbors. Plot details are being kept under wraps, but according to Fox, production is expected to begin later this year. Yeah. Who even knew and or cared that Cameron Diaz had retired? I don't know. That's the main story here is that Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz retired. I don't know how when she retired. I don't did don't care. Uh, wow. Okay. What was the last movie she did that sex tape one from you know, like four years ago? Bad teachers or something? Annie. Well, she her, just no, had- her, her final film was Annie in 2014. So I think she did like either a miniseries or TV or like an HBO or star or something. Um, but it, what I read is she officially retired in 2018. Why? She's, yeah. What? She's only been gone four years. I haven't yeah. even missed her yet. And she's still in her forties. So really is she retired? No. Did, did she reach her last fuckable day or something? <laughs> Well, she turns 50 in August, so maybe that's why she's taking a step back. Because, I mean, I don't think 
anything of it, but Hollywood does have a problem with ageism and Oh yeah. Maybe she felt like she was not being offered the roles that she deserved. I don't know. She she had lost interest in what she was being offered and what she was what she was uh, mustering up doing, and she wanted to do other things. She did family. She focused on family for a while. Yeah, she, I think she did have another child in this time yeah. frame too. Oh, all right. So obviously she got sick of the kids and was like, "Oh God, get me back to work." <laughs> okay, I'm looking at her IMDb right now. <clears throat> And in 2020, she did something called Boss Bitch Fight Challenge. Yeah, that's the uh, the 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 video meme where people were punching each other. Oh, yeah, because okay. she had it was her and like uh, a couple of the others from Charlie's Angels, and they, um, uh, oh, what's the um, oh, I can't think of her name right now. She's uh, Australian. Yeah, and she's a stunt. Uh, Zoe Bell, stunt woman. Yeah, Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Bell. Bell. Thank you. Yeah, uh, she started it off, and and Diaz was one of the people in it. So. Did you get yeah. an IMDb credit for that? What a bunch of Fair crap, dude. Where's people my, get where's my credit for Vernon's one. People get IMDb credits for a lot of things. <laughs> oh yeah, I got to update our IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. In other news, we have an IMDb. Yeah, I know. Sorry, uh, we, I got to update that. It's really bad. Uh huh. It's the it's the uh, chili con carne spinach uh, level. <laughs> that sounds gross. That sounds so gross. Just like our IMDb. Vegan, vegan chili and spinach. Uh, <laughs> I, I lost what I was going to say. Watercress on sesame roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, no, no. Sesame is not healthy okay, enough. Okay, so personally. here's the problem with our IMDb, and you guys are going to love this. So, and I think I mentioned this before. So I started it. Just because I realized, hey, wait a minute, I want an IMDb credit. So now we all technically have IMDb credits, right? But then, uh, Andy, you do too. Uh, But you already had one. I already already had one, yeah. Yeah, and so did Todd, and so did Kirsten, and I think, Jeff, I don't know if you did. Nope. No, okay, well, now we all have IMDb credits for Geek Shock. However, uh, the way it works, uh, you got to like put a whole bunch of episodes up there and I only put one up there for now. Cause I wanted to see if there was a way to automate it. Right. Cause I, it, you always got to automate this stuff. I don't know if there is a way to automate the upload of, of episodes to IMDb. I'm still working on it. Meaning it's just been back burner for me. Cause it doesn't fucking matter. Problem is the one I uploaded, the one episode that I, th- that I managed to actually upload was the one where we're talking about like, uh, uh, okay. The name of the episode was Gimp Suit Deluxe, and Todd <laughs> and Todd posted a picture of someone in a gimp suit. Well, <laughs> guess what our avatar picture is? <laughs> All right, it's a fucking gimp suit. So if you're listening to this and you found us through IMDb and you're really into like latex play, this is not the podcast <laughs> for you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Whoops. Love you. You know, IDIC, I mean, like Jeff said to me the other day. But you know what? This ain't your podcast. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah. All good, man. Or lady yeah. or whatever you are. <laughs> do what the fuck you got to do to what, get it off. Whatever, whatever your pronouns are, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> we love oh, you. Geek Lord. it up. But this is not that kind of show. So... I mean, it could be, depending on what Andy's doing geeky this right. week, but <laughs> I don't know how you would fit all that hair, that hair into the latex because it would, it would 
you know. Oh, that would tear. That would tear. Oh, dude, it, it it would poke oh. out through all the, the seams and the zippers. It'd be awesome, actually. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool, actually. Yeah, we need a Gimp Andy sticker. Uh, it looks uh, like 70s porn. I don't ever <laughs> want to make that sticker ever. <laughs> Microscope. No. No. Disregard. Disregard. Um, so, yeah, we got to fix our IMDb. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. All right. What else you got, Deb? So, I actually have another story for shit you can't afford. No! Oh, but why are you cheering shit we can't afford? You think we're screaming for every... Every new head title. Do we? Do we? No, I, I. It, it puts. Oh, you, you really guys, like that, huh? Yeah, it puts you guys in the same boat as me. I feel. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, we, hold on. Uh, you know what? Now that Andy's here, and this isn't something we get all the time. Um, Andy, I'm going to ask you for a theme song for geeky shit you can't afford. Ah. No. Was that you having? No. A- <laughs> no. Is that just you clearing your throat? Were you having a stroke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Pasta, We're gonna try that again in a future episode. He was doing the hoity-toity. That was. <laughs> really, what we should do is have have Biggs do his messy. We'll be the carpet. Yes. Yeah. into the first editions again. Biggs, send us some posh scat. <laughs> no. Uh, no. No. All right. Episode so, title. What do you got, Deb? And shit you can't afford. <laughs> this amazing home theater comes with a free mansion. What? So as, yes. So as real movie theaters continue to slowly die off and the price of projectors and home theater gear keeps dropping, it's easier than ever to replicate the movie theater experience at home. But when money is no object, a home theater can be even more elaborate escape from reality. Sotheby's International Realty has a listing for a 10,742 square foot home in Florida's Carrollwood neighborhood at Golden Oak. Oh, boy. Yes, an upscale community that's actually inside the Walt Disney World Resort property and was designed by Walt Disney Imagineering. With amenities that include this home, seven bedrooms, nine and a half bathrooms, a custom Schwarzky crystal chandelier, a resort caliber pool with a rock waterfall and slide, custom Disney stained windows, a perfect replica of the marble fireplace built inside the exclusive apartment above Cinderella's castle, Magic Kingdom. What and is a Disney stained window? I think she means I don't a want Disney. To know how that happened? I think she means everybody this. who lives in Golden Oak. Have you guys not? I will just do a whole little story on Golden Oak at some point if you've never heard of Golden Oak. I, I think she means stained glass, not just stained. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, stained glass window. You didn't say glass, and Andy got excited. Stained glass. I apologize. Stained glass. Yeah. Old Disney just holding on to his Golden Oak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but this is still Florida, so how many alligators in it? <laughs> Not that many because they keep them out. Yeah. So up, apparently. The, the key with the, the the biggest thing about this house that's the draw is the home theater. So the home theater, although not a perfect replica, it is the Millennium Falcon's cockpit. 
Now this theater pairs a giant screen with plush leather seating, but the whole thing has random computer interfaces, simulated stars out the front of the window, light up panels in the walls. Um, it looks like you are in the Millennium Falcon. Like honestly, seriously looks like you are in the Millennium Falcon. It is to the point with the pictures that I saw that it really should be on the Star Cruiser. Like Disney could have made this home theater. It is amazing. It would be cool. I really hope that you, you have to like pull the levers to go to light speed to start the movie. <laughs> so it's a home theater for four? Um, it's no, it's for more than that. Yeah, it was like 10, 10 or 12. Wow. Wait, yeah. that's more people than bathrooms. Yes, it is. But considering that most homes only have two bathrooms, and if you have a party, you have way more many people than that. So I think it's probably okay. I guess so. I mean, it's it's funny because it's like seven bedrooms, but nine bathrooms. It's like, wow. Nine and a half. Not, and oh, a half. I'm sorry. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me either. What do you, why do they need nine and a half bathrooms for these well, big homes? I've always wondered that. They always have more bathrooms than bedrooms. Always. Got, know you why. know what? I I I, I don't know, guys. Maybe Deb hit on it. Maybe it's like the party factor. Sure, absolutely. You know? That's why when Jeff is gonna have parties, he's gonna have three or four TPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPP
free beverage with dinner purchase. They never give out those coupons at Quarks. They didn't have coupons at Quarks. Nope. We For did not. Good reason. Yes. It was wonderful because my serving job before that, we had coupons galore, including Kids Eat Free Night, and I hated it. Oh, good God. Yeah. Talk about not wanting to go on dollar movie, dollar movie night. And it was a steakhouse. They had a Kids Eat Free Night on a, at a steakhouse. Yes. So you know all the parents were like, hey, hey, order a ribeye. I'll eat it. Order the ribeye. Was that even an option? Did they, could they order the ribeye? Or they no, had the they kids? had to order from the kids' menu. Okay. And what was the biggest? Was there at least a steak on the kids' menu? I think there was. Um, it was either like a five ounce sirloin or something like that, and ribs. I think there was a ribs. Five. Hey, little Andy, order the five ounce sirloin. Daddy, you'll huh? eat it. You'll okay. get a hot dog. Oh, later. I want the hot dog. Okay, you'll get the hot dog later. Order the five ounce sirloin. <laughs> What the hot dog now? No, you'll get it later. Order the okay. You'll get a hot dog and an ice cream, but you gotta order the sirloin, medium rare. Say medium rare. I don't want the hot dogs you always give me. <laughs> okay, you just went. I was doing a bit. You went dark. <laughs> I just want to state for the record, I had no. Uh, I did not participate in this exchange. Yeah, I did not either. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm trying uh, to be good, Deb. I'm trying to be good. <laughs> What's what is interesting? You mentioned uh, it, it, uh, not having coupons for corks, uh, but what is a little known fact is that us bartenders we had uh, a certain amount of comps that we were allowed to give out per week, and I got in trouble one time because I wasn't comping enough stuff for guests, and I'm like, I don't want to give any of these assholes a free drink that I've been getting lately, so. Yeah, it's not. Wow. Uh, How do you get in trouble for not comping? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you want me to give away free drinks for people that don't deserve them? Yeah, no. Dude, whatever. So you're just giving them to us? Sure, I'll go back in time and give you free drinks. <laughs> well, you can give me free drinks now. It's okay. You have more booze than I do. Actually, you have access to all the booze I have. So that's I, I never once drank your booze without your permission. Okay. Sometimes you were asleep, but he asked. <laughs> I, you kind of nodded. You, I took it as a yes. <laughs> all right, Kristen. I think it's time for Week in Geek. Yeah! All right. Ladies and geraniums, geeks and nerds, Joe and Anthony Russo of Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War fame have been developing their next film project, The Electric State, with Millie Bobby Brown set to star. Chris Pratt is also in talks to star in the film, but that deal has not been closed yet. The film project, which was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, <laughs> like that name. Uh, <laughs> these are writers from Captain America Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War, which is a pretty good pedigree, I think. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, this project has landed at Netflix. The film is based on an adaption of the illustrated novel by Simon Stalinog and is set in a retro futuristic past. Quote, where an orphan teenager, Brown, traverses the American West with a sweet but mysterious robot and an eccentric drifter in search of her younger brother. Unquote. 
The film is looking at a false start date. Andy, why don't you guess what the budget is? Seventy-five million. The budget will be around two hundred million. Wow! Good God! Wow! Wow! Is this based I don't know on what anything? Making. Huh? Is this, is this original or is this based on anything? No, it's based on based the on uh, an novel. illustrated novel by a gentleman named Simon Stalinag. It's oh. called The Electric State, and that's the exact what? premise. It was picked up by Netflix. Yep. Wow. So, but Joe and Anthony Russo, so you know, mm. and the guys who wrote Civil War and uh, Winter Soldier. I'm, I'm, Winter Soldier. I think is one of the best Marvel movies. So, I'm actually Great. impressed by all this. So we'll see how that goes. <clears throat> Go it's Netflix. Done well, yeah, really. And if Netflix doesn't, you know, cancel or drop it or whatever, mm. the trailer. Well, just picking it up now. You know, with all of their, they've already been talking about oh. cutting things, but they're picking yeah, well, up now. Uh, apparently, Deb, that's where all the money's going. <laughs> right. That's what the cuts were for. Yeah. <laughs> all the shit they cut, it's financing this thing. There you go. Oh, boy. The trailer for the final season, the third season, of C has dropped. Of Showrunner what? and executive producer Jonathan Tropper shared this statement. We are thrilled to share this epic final chapter of C, which delivers all the intense drama, riveting action, and heartfelt emotion fans have come to expect. Oh, oh, the blind Aquaman thing. There you go. Okay, yeah. As well as what we think is a deeply satisfying conclusion to our story. Building a world without sight. I was getting there, Andy, but thanks for jumping ahead. I, I, I just remember what it was. Was a particularly unique and continuous challenge that was met through the passionate and thoughtful collaboration of a phenomenally talented and diverse team, both in front of and behind the camera. The show has been a monumental labor of love for all involved, and we are eternally grateful for the way C has been embraced by viewers around the globe. This is on Apple Plus, starring uh, the uh, magnificent, wonderful Jason Momoa. So... I won't give any details on the trailer because it actually spoils second season. But, um, yeah, the final season of C. It's set to premiere on August 26th. You're filling in for Todd here. Yeah. And uh, okay, you haven't mispronounced anything yet. All right. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. All right. Yes, bring in the funny. That's me. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say something about C, like that you've seen it or something. I actually had a trail of thought, but I got it lost. <laughs> I was wow. going to say, if this is season three, you had season A and season B, and now it's season C. Oh, shit. They missed an opportunity there. Right? That was my Andy joke for the day. There you go. No, no opportunities. No opportunities are missed. No, that was terrible. <laughs> that's right. Oh, oh, there's a shirt. There's a shirt, folks. Geek shock. No opportunities are missed. (laughs) HBO Max has released the first trailer for Harley Quinn season three. Yay! This next season is going to get insane. The trailer uh, shows that the new season is going to be wetter, filthier, squishier, freakier, and creepier. 
There are plenty of examples of those things featured in the trailer that fans of the series are sure to enjoy. Director James Gunn shows up in the trailer, folks. Like live action James Gunn? I don't know, actually. No, they, um, he, he posted on his Twitter the other day um, a still frame of the animated version of him. And he goes, I'm going to be in Harley Quinn. So. There you go. Yeah. Whoa. I'd it? like to be in Harley Quinn. Yeah, oh, boy. Uh, Dude, you never put okay. it in crazy. Oh. <laughs> so all the stuff yeah. there, wetter stuff, so so Batman's doing analingus now? That's where you go with oh. that? Really? That's well, where you Batman. go? Because Batman, the, the second season, they made him cut out Batman going oh, yeah. down on Catwoman. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. so obviously that's the natural evolution of that. Oh, yeah, said uh, hot, wet, or all that stuff. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep reading oh. now. Okay. Yeah, sure. just, it's because Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are together now. Oh yeah, and the series does indeed follow Harley Quinn, voiced by Kaylee Cuoco, and her misadventures with Poison Ivy, Lake Bell. After Harley leaves her boyfriend, the Joker, Alan Tudyk, the two characters find themselves on an eat, bang, kill tour of Gotham City. And the trailer has the caption, we're living Harley forever, bitches. Joining Quaco on the animated series is J.B. Smooth, curb your enthusiasm, as Frank the Plant. Jason Alexander as Cy Borgman. Wanda Sykes as Zaritza, Queen of Fables. Giancarlo Esposito as Lex Luthor. Ooh, mm, really? I like that. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, Jim Rash from Community as Riddler. Uh, Rahul Coley from iZombie as Dr. Jonathan Crane, uh, Scarecrow. Right. Diedrich Bede from Veep as Bruce Wayne Batman. And Christopher Maloney uh, as Commissioner Jim Gordon. Ooh, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When previously talking about season three, showrunner Justin Halpern said, I definitely think we're going to see Gordon grapple with his low approval rating in Gotham City and the low approval of the police department. I think we're also going to dive a little more into Ivy's life and then history. The series is set to return this summer on January, July 28th on HBO Max. So wait, are we losing King Shark? Because he was one of the funnier ones, too. You, you know what? Uh, there were other names, but they didn't state the characters. So I left okay. them off, and I'm wondering if one of those was that actor. But King Shark was not in the list of characters, so I hope he's still there, because, yeah, you're right. Um, here's a quick line I, I wrote. Johnny Depp PR says return is made up. <laughs> That's a funny one. That's because uh, there was actually apparently like a thing rumor floating around recently that he was, in fact, going to return to Pirates of the Caribbean for uh, on a three hundred million dollar deal. Mm, right. Yeah. Well, his PR officially said that's made up. Probably go with news you don't give a shit about. But hey. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick tied. For the top spot at the box office this weekend with $30.5 million for the new domestic total of $521.72 million and a global total of $1.006 billion. Wow. I wonder, I wonder what percentage uh, Tom got for that. 
The other top spot holder was Elvis with a 30.5 million domestic box office. Globally, it sits at 50.5 million. And Jurassic World Dominion came in third with 26 million for a new total of 302 million. And its global is 746. Wow. Go Maverick. Holy mackerel. Those multiple viewings that uh, uh, Matt had helped the box office. Yeah. This one. I wonder if you go see it. Haven't seen it yet. Actually, yeah. Um, this one is for is for our boy Todd, who loves musicals, loves theater. We lost James Rado, co-creator of the groundbreaking hippie musical Hair, which celebrated oh. protest, pot, and free love, and paved the way for the sound of rock on Broadway. He was ninety years old. He died Tuesday night in New York City of cardiorespiratory arrest, according to his friend and publicist, Merle Frimmark. Hair, which has a story and lyrics by Rado and uh, Jerome Ragney and music by Galt McDermott, was the first rock Galt McDermott. That is a name. Mm. That is a great name. I just like it. It was the first rock musical on Broadway, the first Broadway show to feature full nudity, and the first to feature a same-sex kiss. Hair made possible other rock musicals like Jesus Christ Superstar and Rent. And like Hamilton, it's one of the only handful of Broadway shows in the past few decades to find its songs on the pop charts. Now, one interesting thing I noticed was its world premiere was at the Public Theater in New York City's East Village in 67 and then transferred the following year to Broadway. In the public theater production, they actually did not have the nude scene, but the creators wanted it back for the Broadway debut. And apparently, under the law at the time, New York City allowed nudity on stage as long as the actors were not moving, which is why the whole cast of hair stood together in a row, nude and perfectly still. I always wondered why they were like completely motionless in that. Yeah, that particular scene. And now I know that's that's very interesting. Yeah, I was actually kind of intrigued by that. Wait, wait, wait. Where did you see this, Jeff? Uh, I saw a recording of one of the the Broadway shows. It might have been a more recent recording. But I mean, because I've never seen it in person. But we also did a revival at uh, Northwestern University when I was in school there. And uh, they did the whole thing accurately to the original choreography and stuff so i've seen a production or two of that and and they don't do the motionless thing anymore oh really yeah they, they mean i mean they march through the audience and stuff damn dance through the audience wow are you sure you're talking about hair or your last visit to a strip club <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> Minx, ladies and gentlemen, right here in Henderson. It's just down the street. You can't call that a strip club. Rado uh, <laughs> played Claude. Um, he was the, the young guy about to be drafted and sent to war in Vietnam. Uh, another interesting tidbit. He uh, studied acting with Paula and Lee Strasberg and played Richard Lionheart in The Lion in Winter in 1966 opposite Christopher Walken. Wow. Uh, wow. Which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. 
And that's the news that I have for this week. Wow. That's very, uh, very uh, Walter Cronkite of you. I like it. There you go. Yeah. Vietnam is unwinnable. <laughs> You're a little late on that one. I'm, Whoops. Yeah. I'm but I'm not excited. wrong. Very excited for Harley Quinn. I really yeah. enjoyed the first season. Yeah. Oh, and man. That, that sh- show is so damn good. So funny. Yeah. So funny. And it's and it's hard because like um, the actress who was also in um, that show that Barry doesn't like watching at all. That's a lot of them. Yes. Big band thing. Uh, she she kind of got started in Charmed, and I could not stand her in that show. It was the last season of Charmed, and oh. she really couldn't act very well. But I love her as a voice part of the Quinn. Mm-hmm. She yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Well, she, um, I, I, I remember, um, uh, damn it. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the creator of, uh, big bang theory, whose name will come to me here in a minute talking about when they cast her, she was 20 years old when they cast her on, um, big bang theory. And he said that she really grew as an actress on that show. And whether it was, I mean, she credits, you know, the people surrounding her, but I think it's just, you know, she got cast really young. She was, uh, what was the, the, the one with John Ritter that she was in? I think she was only like 14 eight, or 15. Eight simple rules about my. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's right. And, and she was pretty young when she was on charm too, as I recall. So, yeah. mm. you know, some, some people grow into being a better actor. Or actor. Well, I mean, um, uh, Jim, what's his Parsons, and yeah. especially what's his name, who, of course, I don't I can't think of his name. Johnny Galecki. Uh, yes. Um, I mean, he's a veteran sitcom performer of decades. So, yeah, you know, he got started uh, really young. Right. Like, Par- Parsons was uh, a bit of a theater actor, if I yeah. recall. Yeah. So that's going to be some good stuff to be around for 10 years mm-hmm. to yeah. learn how to do your shit. So the, and the she, name you're searching for, Jeff, was Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre, yeah. Yes, thank you, Chuck Lorre. I, I, I was freezing up, and and it was really funny because when I, uh, when we were watching my uh, Big Bang DVDs, Andy and I would always freeze frame the uh, Chuck Lorre uh, vanity oh, the, cards. The vanity cards, yeah, yeah. Because that's he what was, I was picturing, trying to think of his name. Yeah, exactly. Me too, and I couldn't. Oh, and, and, and tying back into it, Ron Funches was the name I was looking for that played King Shark on Harley Quinn. Ah, okay. Because uh, I remember when he was on um, uh, the uh, Comedy Central game show. Um, damn it, now I'm totally blanking out on that name. <laughs> remember, what, remember one name, forget the other. <laughs> the one that wasn't like King of the Geeks or... Uh, no. Um, name that tune in one note. That's still Ill. that's been revived, by the way. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, with uh, uh, what's her name from um, Thirty Rock? Uh, Krakowski. Tina Fey. No. no, 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 no. Krakowski. Oh, Jane Krakowski. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, name, hey, name that tune is back. I, I didn't even know. It's terrible. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> at 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 mid at midnight on Comedy Central was the name of the show. Ron Funches was on there frequently. As one of the uh, the celebrity um, contestants, and he made me laugh my ass off so often. So when I heard him on 
on Harley Quinn, I was just like, oh, my God, yes, he is perfect for this role. You know, I was just thinking, name that tune in nowadays would be so unfair with all that sampling. It's like oh, yeah. you, you can really fuck people over with a, a winning a winning uh, question. Yeah. Try to make it through an oh, episode. Yeah. I'll be impressed. There you go. <laughs> boom, ba doom, boom, 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 and it's just like, oh, ice tea, you know, ice vanilla ice, and you get well, that. You suck. No. You suck. So I remember driving in the, in the car with my daughter, and uh, pressure came on, and I explained to her about that. Just oh my god, she hadn't heard pressure before. She's like, oh my god. I remember when uh, I remember watching SNL when that happened when that came on. And uh, after that set, um, in the next segments, eventually Dennis Miller came up with uh, the news. And uh, it, his lead-in was actually the beginning of Pressure. And he was just like, I love Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. nice. Wow, Miller. So what's your Bowie? Let us know at comments at uh, you don't know the name of the goddamn. There it is. I never write us. What's your phone number? Yeah, fuck you, buddy. I knew it. (laughs) That is once again comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And until next week, I am 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back check Dandy. And Vlarg. Oh man. With special guest stars. Deb. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, she's wow. prepared for Double it this down time. On it. Yeah, somebody's a brave man to do that. Somebody's going to get punched. And yeah. if you're in Vegas in September, catch us at the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. We'll be there September 16th, 17th, and 18th. We'll have a booth. We'll have giveaways. We're going to have, uh, well, dumb Something. shit. We're going to do dumb shit. Yep. We're going to give Andy a- will be there doing nude caricatures. We're going to give away Andy. It's going to be great. You know what? If I can, if if my situation changes, I can be there. Uh, I might do that because because uh, Celestia did filthy characters at uh, at Scoop Fest, and I'm very jealous. I want the chance to do that myself. Well, if <laughs> if Andy is not there, I will do a doodle of whatever you want. I do he'll not do get- a doodle of your doodle. Largs, <laughs> filthy doodles. Yes. <laughs> I'll be a lot of Tie Fighters. I'm drawing poorly, but somewhere in there will will be a Ding Dong, <laughs> and we'll ding actually dog, uh, and you know we'll have Bigs there doing some posh scat. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> is posh scat? <laughs> it's like elevated rap. Oh no, <laughs> elevator. It's like elevator. Elevator rap. rap. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Muzak uh, rap. Nice. Ugh. We're not going to do better than that. Cut that puppy. No, yeah, that's where you cut it. <laughs> yeah, that's that is where you cut it. That's where we're cutting it, everybody. You get nothing else. <laughs>